everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website, and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Miles, and I'm the editor here at Televisions, and joining me as per usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Miss Annie Bundle is sitting here listening to Max stand outside the door and yell. Oh, hi, Max. He's mad because I locked the door and he can't get the knob to flip and he keeps hitting it. And he's he's very upset that he can't come in. And I can't explain to him that we are in the middle of recording. And and well, I could. But then, I mean, he's a cat. He wouldn't really. I don't think he speaks English. Anyway, um, <laughs> how are you? Um, I am playing a fun game of is it a cold or allergies or COVID? Um, so if, I don't think it's COVID, I think it's a cold or allergy, I don't know. So I don't think my voice sounds the best that it ever has. So that is why this is the perils of, you know, doing it live. I have lots of liquids and tissues and hopefully, um, I will get through this without too much, too much, uh, drama. So what are we talking about today? Speaking of drama. Luckily, luckily. This is a topic on which I have very little to say that people do not, <laughs> will not already expect. Uh, we are talking about the new PBS mystery series, Ridley, because we are entering Lacey's Summer of Pain. <laughs> and uh, to avoid you all being too uh, pounded by my dislike of this genre, we have brought uh, one Emma O'Neill Deedle, television's former television's intern, intern no more, now real weed a girl, uh, on to talk about this show with us and spare you a bit from my ranting. Hi, Emma. Welcome, real girl. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, we're probably going to have you on this podcast a lot now that you are an official human being with us and not just an intern who you're abusing. Hey, you want to write a piece? Here. Um, get it to me now. Um, well, no. Usually get it to me by Friday. <laughs> yeah, for the for the record, for the record, let us set the stage. I am a avowed mystery disliker, as you all know. Yes. Um, Annie is a mystery fan. Mm-hmm. Emma is a nouveau mystery person who I call her mystery agnostic yeah I would say that's accurate I've seen Broadchurch and that's about it Mm. Uh, Broadchurch is so Broadchurch sets the bar so high though Mm -hmm. and it's not and and Broadchurch is very much not like Ridley is a very formulaic sort of show so if you like this you will if you like that formula you will probably like this this formula makes me want to walk into the sea so i did not um so let's let let let's um let, let's rewind a bit uh ridley is a it's a series that's uh stars adrian dunbar who basically i mean he was an irish actor who was in a bunch of stuff back in the day in the late 80s and early 90s when he was younger um he then had kind of a career revival in the last decade playing the uh superintendent of ac12 in line of duty where he was the very catholic very self-righteous very uh uh prone to thunderous uh, monologues about police corruption over uh oh, um you know that happened in the, in the Irfo Birmingham uh police uh, precinct uh he basically spent 10 years doing that and now that line of duty is basically done 
uh, he has gone on to star in this new series, which is called Ridley. Uh, he plays Ridley. His name is Alex Ridley. He's a former detective inspector who is brought back as a consultant after his retirement um, because uh, he has knowledge of previous cases that connect to the case at hand today. Um this is a show that's actually created and written by Paul Matthew Thompson. And that that may may not mean a lot to you um, at home. But Paul Matthew Thompson is a veteran of Vera and Father Brown. Vera, which is in its 13th season. Father Brown, which is in its 10th. Um, and so or so this is a guy who is absolutely like a veteran of these very formulaic very long-running very popular mystery series and so this is his attempt at trying his hand at sort of inventing one and he actually did have like a real life reason for to that sort of inspired him to create this apparently does he enjoy jazz does he like to sing jazz and this is is like why he wanted a show where he could do that no, actually, it's um um since austerity kicked in in 2010, um and has yet to really lift and has only gotten worse under Brexit. Um, police, uh, a lot of police stations are really strapped, and they've been bringing in retired detectives as consultants, basically to keep them working, even though they're supposed to be pensioners. And this is sort of a, a this is a bit of a scandal in the UK because you know once you retire you're supposed to be a pensioner, um, and instead here these old people are being forced to continue to work. Um, the show doesn't really have the nerve to do that though. Instead, they make Ridley like he was forced to retire because his wife and daughter died horrible deaths and he had a nervous breakdown. He has a big sad. Yes, he has a big sad. Um, he had a big old nervous breakdown and he was basically forced to retire. Um, the people who he left behind who sort of forced him to retire were never really fans of him because he's not a team player and he was sort of well you know i don't think he's catholic in this one but definitely self-righteous and probably prone to you know monologuing about the horrors of police corruption um but his uh his protege carol played by Bronanois, uh basically keeps bringing him back to help her with cases because she realizes that he is actually quite good at his job and he should never have been retired and so forth and so on. Um, add to that, as Lacey noted, you know, he is, as he is supposed to be a pensioner, he has, you know, attempted to start a new business where he is the silent partner in a jazz club. Um, which is really just an excuse to have Adrian Bun Dunbar sing like twice an episode or in our case, once an episode, because these are actually four feature length episodes that PBS is running as eight installments. Yeah, I feel like at this point we should point out that although this episode of the podcast will air following the season premiere of the show. Once again, we're recording things a little out of order, so bear with me as I try to understand what dates are. But uh, the three of us watched both parts of the first mystery, just so we could sort of get a feel for the the kind of complete thing. We're going to try really hard. We're not going to tell you the solution to the crime or whatever. We're going to try really hard not to spoil you. 
Adrian Dunbar singing maybe a slight spoiler, but who cares? Um, it's not a spoiler. I he I mean he's gonna sing basically. The one of my big questions was did he sing once an episode in the UK version or twice? Um, and in the first episode he sings twice so that we get um so that American audiences get him singing every episode. Um, I. <sighs> I think I texted Annie. I think I texted Annie while I was watching this and I was like, he's going to sing in every episode. <laughs> I would love to hear Emma's response to this because I have a lot of thoughts about this show, but I am and you someone... you can all guess my thoughts. Um, but I, I would like to know what someone who has never really sat down to watch these before thinks of this show. Um, because this is, as I said, this is written by the guy who does Vera and, and and or did Vera for many years and did Father Brown and so this is this is very much his lane and he very much knows how to do these and how to formulate them and as Lacey says it is formulaic so how what do you think of this formula Emma well like I said my bar is set very high at Broadchurch uh and I didn't really know what else to expect coming in but formulaic is definitely how it felt there were no real highs of the episodes for me but there were also no real lows other than the fact that i found it utterly predictable uh but other than that i do see why i see the appeal of this kind of show if you like the formula it adheres to the formula and it is cozy it's comforting you can see how things are going to unfold they do an okay job of leading you around with different red herrings or different theories and i thought that was somewhat entertaining i would not watch more of it but i don't regret the time that i spent watching it it was it was fine it was to me it was yeah formulaic and bare minimum entertaining um so I, uh, I, we know that Lacey is going to probably like hate on this, but what I really, what I found really striking about this series was the dialogue and how you could set your watch to it. Like, you knew that this is, um, oh, so this isn't a social call. Oh, you're going to warn me off. Oh, this is, you know, you know, I, I, uh, we're just checking all our bases. Oh, well, let's go Don't get. Don't forget the-, the boss who was really like, antagonistic towards Ridley for reasons right like and and there's I found the dialogue to be very very cut and paste like I knew they they don't even like attempt to reword these 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 cliched lines to be different or to have like a different panache to them or to just say them differently like they really do say Oh, well, that's, you know, we really do say, well, that's a, they, they really do say things like, you know, let's go get him and put him in jail and and, and go arrest him and put and we'll and we'll question him. And 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 I, I, I hated that guy, but I didn't murder him. And like, you know, like <laughs> also, are there just a phenomenal number of pedophiles in the United Kingdom? <laughs> because I don't understand how literally every one of these shows has a case that involves a pedophile. Um. I think it's because we can all agree that pedophiles are awful. I think that's one of the reasons why that these shows all end up with pedophiles is because it's one of those things that everybody can agree on. Like, 
you know, the thing about um, the thing about some murder mysteries, which uh, Unforgotten discovered pretty quickly, is that you there there were times when the person who is killed is really deserves it. And Unforgotten after after its terrible first season, it started to lean into that in some ways, um, which was actually quite smart of it and really helped the second season. Um, but in order to make it so that the person who died is a person who deserved death, I think there is a level where some shows need to or feel the need to make their crime so heinous that the audience can't argue with it or cannot in any way feel bad for the person who committed the murder. Not really. Um, even in this one, even though there is sort of a sympathetic element to the twist, you still don't feel bad for the person who did it in the end. And that is partly by design because they don't want you to feel that the wrong person is going to jail or that the wrong person is being locked up for this or that this person or that justice isn't being served. They want you to feel that justice is being served because that's the thing about mysteries is that it's bringing order from chaos. So yeah, it's a justice fantasy. Yeah. So um, since it's a justice fantasy, when you have show, when you have a mystery where justice doesn't feel like it's served, it doesn't satisfy you. And so part of the reason why I think we get pedophiles in a lot of these shows, and it didn't surprise me that that's what we started off with here, is that this way, whatever the outcome, Ridley and 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 Carol feel like they served justice by 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 having you know the right person you know having the right person die right and having the and 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 having it all like make sense and having it all like and and having the right person be the murderer and all that kind of thing um i the problem for me in this show is that i guessed the twist literally in the first five minutes (laughs) me too and i don't even know what to look for in a show like this but i saw it immediately (laughs) I did not, but let me tell you my experience. But like I said, we watched both halves and I got into the second episode and there was a point in it that I was absolutely convinced it was over and that I had finished the episode and I was pleasantly surprised because I was like, oh, that felt like like that the the pacing there was good. I feel like I got through that faster than I thought I would. And then I looked up and there were still 36 minutes in the episode. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, um, so in this murder case, there's a guy, his name is Jesse Halpin, uh, and he's basically a local sheep farmer. And on his way home from the pub, he is gun. They have like weird, his family has weird, like culty kind of vibes. They're like aggressive homeschoolers. Um, they own 300 acres of the neighborhood. They are sort of the rich farming family of this tiny little town. They keep to themselves. They don't go out much. The girl is basically, their daughter is basically a prisoner at home, homeschooled. They don't let her go and play with people. They don't let her, they don't take her to hospitals. They don't, et cetera, et cetera. Like they are definitely. Yeah, it's, a- got like, it's got like kind of, I don't know. Who are the wake up Branch Davidian vibes? Yeah, <laughs> very early on, one character says he keeps his women locked up, and yes! that was kind of all I yeah, needed. The dialogue to hear. in this is sus. The dialogue is just really sus. Yeah, um, the dialogue made me laugh sometimes. It was so predictable, or, or wrote that it was 
funny. <laughs> like this is why this is why we support the WGA chat GPT just cannot do this. Um uh, well no, like you know, this is why we, this is I think we should note that Bridley is not a masterpiece show. It is actually brought over by PBS regular. PBS distribution is what it's called. Um and so this is uh I I feel like there's a level where like masterpiece shows are a little better than this. This is a little not quite up to masterpiece standards. But I mean, like, didn't it just get renewed? Too? It did just get renewed. It got renewed just before it aired here in the States. Like it literally got renewed like a, like three days before. And honestly, like it did really good numbers in the UK. It got like six million viewers per episode. I just want better for I want better for TV watchers. than <laughs> OK, but the thing is, and, and this is and and this is where I feel like I have something over Emma and Lacey that you guys because you guys don't watch these wait wait let me just let me just you all already know what I think of this but let me just read you mm-hmm. what I texted I text Annie a lot while I'm watching she does that we're gonna talk about and what did I text you yesterday when I was watching this I said you yelled about him singing scroll- you yell- yeah I had to yell about him singing and also I, I, I want to make sure I get this right because I said it and it was actually funny and I'm proud of it. Said, <laughs> who thinks we need this many shows about sad ex-cops with man pain who like jazz? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's right. Like it is. It is. You've seen this show before. I've seen this show before and I don't even watch these shows. It's like a sad older man who has like a literal box of grief and man pain that he looks at sometimes <laughs> while sad music pays in the background. And he like feels all of his pain but he really misses the work and he's so like fantastically good at his job that they let him like hang around and do work for free <laughs> and there are like no women in the show there's one woman who there just... are women in the show there are women in the show georgie glenn is the pathologist despite the fact that the woman has been promoted still has to take this weird subordinate role to him i just i hate it okay I, I will absolutely agree with that, that 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 I was hoping that that it would be more of a reverse thing where Carol was in charge now and he was the and he was her bag man. Um, and they do attempt to do that. But the fact is, is that it is clearly written in such a way that it's it's almost impossible to keep that dynamic going. Um, like, is he just working for free? No. Like, is he just really bored? I don't know. I think there is supposed to be an idea that 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 he is actually um, that he is actually being paid for this. But I'm not really sure. I, I'm not going to. Yeah, you're just assuming you can't prove that he's just no. bored. Um so the thing is, is a uh, uh, this show also has like we all we've all seen Bren Bren uh, in uh, in other things like she was in Unforgotten. In fact, she played a pair of twins. Uh, she's been in a lot of stuff. You know, we have Georgie Glenn from Call the Midwife playing the pathologist, which I was pleasantly surprised to see her there. Um, even the um, even the actors who play the smaller parts, like uh, uh, Amanda Lawrence, who plays like the 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 tenant, one of the farm tenants. Uh, is you like I saw her and I was like, oh, I know, I re- I recognize her. I've seen her in many things. And Jennifer Hennessy, who is uh, Halpin's wife, um, and of course, like everybody in the in the precinct, Ten- Terrence Maynard uh, is probably the most recognizable. But all of them, like I recognize almost everybody in this show. Um, I also recognize the guy my uh who plays Michael Flannery. Um, now, if you're going to ask who the heck that is, that is the guy who 
Ridley went and visited in jail and tried to get right. some information on... Um, you should probably explain who that guy even is because you had to explain it to me. Um, No, the show doesn't explain anything about that guy when he shows up. All they do is, uh, it, it's play- he's played by Aiden McArdle, um, and he basically, like, it looks like it's sort of a shakedown to get some information on the case so that he has something to bring to the table when, uh, when he goes in to basically, like, meddle. Um, but there's a whole lot of conversation between them about how, like, uh, Ridley is, ser- he's like, you're just as guilty of the crime as I am. You know, you're serving this sentence with me. And nobody really wants to explain, like, what's going on here other than clearly it's probably, clearly, like, and this is the thing is that, like, even though the show doesn't explain it, clearly this is something to do with the wife and daughter being dead. Um, you know, they, they, they died under mysterious circumstances, um, and it sort of suggested that perhaps this is the guy who did it and he went away for it, or maybe he didn't do it, but he went away for it and took the fall for it. Like, I am not exactly sure how we're supposed to take all that. Um, and the show basically wants this to be like the overarching arc of the episodes of a slow reveal of how the wife and daughter died and how Ridley is somehow to blame for this too and what really happened that night. And I'm sure that by the last episode of the the, the second half of episode four, which will be episode eight for us, we will get like a full picture of what whatever the case is for episode four will most likely bring back that cold case of solving like his wife and daughter's murder or something. Like, I really do feel like that's, it's so, it's such the cliche that I I would bet money on that without having watched beyond episode one. Um, well, you have not given us your thoughts on the show as a whole. Um, so Endeavor airs directly after Ridley. And that's part of the reason why Ridley is being divided into eight episodes, eight one-hour episodes, instead of being shown as four, um feature length episodes because it basically is it it you know uh, endeavor already took the feature length slot so it has to be broken up um and i feel like this is basically being run as the replacement for endeavor it's got all the same things it's a man pain show as you put it um you know, Endeavor more Endeavor Morris listens to opera instead of jazz, but it's still like an esoteric, like you're so intelligent for listening to this music music. Um, it's got that same sort of You know what? I would respect him more if he liked pop. <laughs> um I I if he was just like he went home and like put on some Britney Spears, like I would respect that more. Um, I have to say, like, there this is so very obviously checked so many of the endeavor boxes that it is obvious to me that PBS picked this up knowing that uh Endeavor was about to end and running it with Endeavor as its first season in order to sort of like have continuity and that now that Ridley has been renewed for season two, that Ridley will become like part of the Summer of Mysteries and probably run as four feature length episodes next season when it doesn't have uh, Endeavor to basically take that slot instead. Um, That being said, I think breaking it up into eight episodes is dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would. Um, 
And and my argument is basically exactly with what Emma said. I I watched to the two episodes and I don't need to watch anymore. Now, let's say you wa- let's say that we made you watch two episodes. Then you would be halfway done with the season. You would have committed you might as well finish it off. I would not have finished it. By putting it as eight episodes. I don't think I'm a normal person. By putting it as eight episodes, you watch the first two episodes, you've got one mystery, and you're like, okay, yeah, nope, checking out now. And now there are six more episodes to go. That is six, eight, eight o'clock hour linear TV like wa- spots that you are not watching that is basically a, an empty hole in the schedule. I mean, a plus side for people who are members of PBS Passport, you can just binge all of it right now if you really want to. Right. And honestly, like I do think um, as as we have watched it, as watched the first two episodes as one episode, this show is much better served also as being watched as four episodes because it felt very un... I actually attempted to watch it because I recap it. Um, I watched the first episode and then I walked away and then I came back and I watched the second episode the next day as sort of to sort of feel how that felt. No, no. This is a show that needs to be watched. Breaking it in half like this was not satisfying. Well, the other thing, too, and I've I've talked about this in terms of other shows, is uh, it doesn't, if you're going to have a TV show, every episode of that TV show should take advantage of the fact that, of the medium that is TV. Mm, yes. Which means that, that it should function as an episode. If you literally just have episodes that stop in the middle of the story and aren't like an episode in and of themselves, like why did you make a TV show? And it feels really weird because it's very clear that this, even if you don't know anything about like the structure of how a mystery works, you know, it's, it's like, it just stops. Yeah. Like they picked a fairly like decent break point, I think, but also like it feels unfinished. That first episode doesn't feel coherent. It doesn't like it's messing with the reason that it's a TV show. Um, Yeah. So most TV shows are written in a five-act structure. This is written as a five-act structure. By breaking it in half, we stop in the middle of act three. That is... So you're only watching two and a half acts. It's... it. If it were a 50-minute television show, like we have, you know, like Grandchester has a mystery of the week, but not every mystery has that. Like some mysteries really do like have two parts. But when it when they're written in two parts to be aired as two parts... Each episode is five acts. So basically the two-parter is a 10-act story. This is not. And this, you feel it. And that, it, you feel it. And I really do think that there's going to be a lot of people who tune out and don't even come back for episode two or stop after episode two because why continue? And I think that's really unfortunate because the other thing about this show that really struck me is that it is so formulaic but so was Unforgotten in its first season, and it improved year on year. I wish you guys could see the face that I just made there. It was not, a, it was not an attractive face. Okay, but the thing is, is that Ridley has so much room for improvement. You know, right now it is extremely formulaic. We have, you know, the guy owns a jazz club and he goes and he sings at the end of every episode. Um, we have all of these different, like, 
you know, we have all of these characters like uh, Carol has this wife and and they have a son and they're, you know, they have a, they have a growing family and they're very happy together. I, you know what? Every time they inserted her kid, I was just like, oh, this is to remind me that she is a life outside of being like Ridley's sister. Not only that, but I'm 100 percent sure that that kid, because of the way they keep inserting the kid, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be in danger before the season is over. I had the same thought. And once again, I don't know what to look for in these shows, but I am a writer (laughs) and I do know how you lay these things out. And I could Mm -hmm. see it all happening before my eyes. Emma, Emma, tell us tell us more about what you thought about the characters, because like I've done this song and dance before. So I would like fresh perspectives. Okay. How do you feel about man pain jazz boy? (laughs) Well, I literal box of man pain. I just can't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um i was pleasantly surprised when it began and there was not a man to be seen on screen uh and i was hoping that that would continue because you start there at the investigation you see um carol and that's her name right carol yes um and she's in charge and the uh forensics uh person in charge is a woman and and you find out Carol's a lesbian, and that's great, too. Like, I, I was very... Oh, my gosh. The forensics lady is so it's a hey, it's that guy lady, and... No, no, no. The forensics lady is for, is Georgie Glenn from, from Call the Midwife. She's the, she's the... Thank you. Oh, right. She's the secretary. Okay. Yes. Okay. I was too lazy to look it up, but I knew that I knew who she was. Yeah. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. They have a man at the center of this story, but they're going to pad it out with lots of women to make viewers like me happy but then none of the characters other than Ridley I mean I didn't even think that Ridley was interesting um but none of the characters were all that interesting not Carol not Ridley they were all pretty formulaic uh they were all they all had predictable motivation predictable backstories every time that Ridley would have a vision of his wife or daughter I rolled my eyes. That was very boring and very predictable. I th- Let's just see how many times I can use the words formulaic and predictable over the course of this podcast, because I don't have many other words. I liked Carol initially. I thought Carol was interesting, and I thought her like position in the show was interesting, because it is always true that like women are judged are judged differently in roles like this than men are. And I was like, oh, maybe the show is actually going to have a little something for me. But they don't explore that at all. They don't explore no, that. They, they don't. just bring Ridley in and then he's the star and she's the sidekick. And mm-hmm. she does. I, I would hope that maybe as the series goes on that she would have more thoughts and feelings about the fact that she's getting pushed out of the way by Ridley and not taken seriously by her supervisor. But None of that was re- you would have to really read into it at, with that purpose to to see that in these episodes. Yeah, uh, that's the thing is that I was really I was really hoping for that. I was really hoping for, you know, no, I'm in charge now. Yes, you used to be in charge, but now you answer to me. I was expecting a lot more of that. I was expecting a lot more of the 
you know, women are rising up in the, especially with Georgie Glenn as the, as the, as the pathologist. And there's, there's some other act, there's some other like female, uh, uh, members of the team and I felt the you know very female heavy team I felt like this was really like I felt like there was something to say here about how like men are being pushed out like men are leaving this this industry and now it's being taken over by women and that kind of thing and like there, there's so much the show could explore here right like even if even if they wanted to be like she doesn't feel confident enough to stand on her own without Ridley there to lean on like that's interesting mm-hmm Absolutely. But it's just nothing. No, they did not. Go on, girl, give us nothing is the entire Carol arc. And it's really I I have to say that that is that is probably the biggest disappointment for me is the failure to use what is actually a very interesting setup. You know, the whole the whole like we were inspired by these these pensioners being forced back into service because we don't have enough cops. Ladies are pensioners. <laughs> I'm just saying that like there is that there was there's something real there that they could also be saying about about UK culture in because this is contemporary set. This is set in 2023. Brexit is a thing. You know, austerity has been going on since 2010. Right. Like budgets are still being cut. People can't heat their houses. There is so much here that the show could dive into and it just doesn't bother with. And I. I, I'm if that if nothing else that what to me was the big disappointment is that there's so much potential here. Because like even if Ridley's retired or bored or whatever, like it's just it's still like look how special and talented he is, and it's mm-hmm. not like an older person needs to make ends meet by going back to work. It's that this guy was like so phenomenally great at his job that like he couldn't let go of it or something. And I've seen that so yeah. many times. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, as I said, this the show has room to grow. I feel like the formulaicness of it, you know, it has room to get better, to be better than this. You know, and, I, and because it comes from somebody who has been, who, who has worked on very long running shows. You know, Vera didn't make it to 13 seasons by being this formulaic. Okay? It didn't. Father Brown... I mean, yes, I know there has been a version of Father Brown on television basically since television was invented. And before that, there was a version of Father Brown on radio because Father Brown has been popular since the 1910s. But, you know, the current iteration of Father Brown did not make it to 10 seasons by being boring. And I, Ridley needs to be more interesting. Ridley needs to find its own voice because right now it's just a rerun of everything else that you've already seen right like there's nothing new there's nothing new being said here like i don't even think ridley is that interesting as a character does anybody else no have feelings about that Uh, uh, the show mistakes having lost his wife and child for a personality yep yeah and that is, you know, fridging women to give men a personality. Uh, we're done with that. We've been done with that. That's also been around for forever. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I do think that it's also very telling that it took ITV, because this ran on ITV back in August of 2022, and it's been streaming on ITVX since December when ITVX launched. Um, And it took... 
10 and a half months for them to decide to announce that they were going to renew it. And I think well, maybe they were holding it for the American debut. I'm not sure. I no, I'm sure that they were holding it for the American debut. Um, and that they were that 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 they wanted to announce. No, 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 don't worry. We're not sanditing sanditing this one. <laughs> um, you can watch. It's not canceled. Um, but I also think that the fact that it couldn't stand on its own in the UK, that it had to have the American audience guaranteed and locked in, in order to have a second season is 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 a sign that it ne- that it needs work that it wasn't good enough to hold up on its own you know like it's not it's not like sherwood which was so good that it basically got lost on britbox over here and nobody cared because they're already doing a second season and leslie manville is coming back right like that's the things that's the kind of thing i like about you know those are the kinds of mysteries that that, that don't need PBS in order to continue their success in the UK. And this is one that needed PBS in order to be a success. And that's that's not a good sign. I just think it's such a weird choice to center your entire show's identity around like such a boring character. Like I don't like Ende- I don't like Endeavor, but I understand why other people like Endeavor. Right? Cuz he is like I don't I I I I understand why you don't like Endeavor, but I do. And he's not boring. And Roger Allen is not boring. Roger Allen is freaking fantastic. And Antoine Lesser is fantastic as their boss. Like, there are just, there. there's so many good performances happening in there. Sean Rigby, who never gets, like, any mention. Freaking Sarah Vickers as Joan Thursday. Like, they are all acting their faces off. They are all fantastic. Whether or not you like what they're doing is a different story. Like, Lacey doesn't like it and I do. But that's, you know, it's... It's still a show that where people where there is like I can understand why people like it and simply say that it is not for me. Yeah. I look at Ridley and I'm like, this is very much not for me, but I don't understand why anyone else would like it either. Um, I just all I can think of is is Adrian Dunbar going to like release an album of jazz standards? Is that what this <laughs> is for? <laughs> Like I, I well, no. Like Eleanor Tomlinson released an album after Poldark, and it's a lovely folk album. Wait, I did not know that. What kind of album is it? Jazz standards, classic folk standards, the kind of stuff she sang on Poldark. There's really an album. You should go to um, go to Amazon and look. Um, so like, I'm I'm waiting for like the tie-in for the like Adrian Dunbar like goes on tour, because honestly, like there are times when. There were times when I thought that his singing was the best thing about the episode. Wow. And, and as the mystery person, that's not good. <laughs> Aside from his singing, I'll also say that I found the soundtrack or the the music uh, that's not diegetic in the show to be so heavy handed. If I heard one more weepy horn that was so loud and sad Oh my gosh, I wanted to throw it out of my ears. It's like the show doesn't trust you to have feelings about it. No, exactly. Yeah, it it it, it definitely doesn't. Um I will say though that when I watched that op- when I watched the opening credits, especially the second episode because they since they smashed the opening credits onto the back half of the episode, there's no cold open, you just get right into it. I was like, yeah, I can see this running on PBS for like years just <laughs> on this opening. 
This opening was designed to run on PBS for a decade. I was like, is that an American flag? Yeah, I was me so too. Confused. No, it's not an American flag. Um, I'm not actually sure what it was, but it's. I don't think it's an American flag. Cause this show. I mean, I'm sure it's not, but like that's all I could see. It looked like it was like, is this the Capitol Fourth? Like, what is? <laughs> <laughs> I I will say that this show definitely was designed in a lab though to be picked up by pbs i did very much feel like they were going for they were going for masterpiece but they managed to get pbs distribution (laughs) well i mean it's also like i'm sure because whenever we do one of these episodes and i'm like i hate mysteries we get some emails where people are like why does Lacey continue to talk about mysteries because it's my show and i do (laughs) but like but i'm very upfront about it you can fast forward through everything i say like I just I feel like there is a certain lane of viewer that will really like this show. I do too, but I think that this I, I think like you that they deserve slightly better. I also think that and as I've said twice now, Ridley has room to improve. Well, I mean, started at the bottom, now we're here. Now it may not improve. It may not improve. It may be just as formulaic in season two. But I do think that there is, I think that like Unforgotten, there is room for this show to grow. I think you need to pick an example that is, because like I actually, you know, again, not super my lane, but Unforgotten, I can watch. Like I like the characters, even though I don't care about the mysteries. Mm, Yes, but you never saw season one. But no, I didn't. But um, the beauty of these seasons is that they're self-contained. But um. I think you need to set the bar a little lower. I don't think that it's going to be unforgotten. Where's like a mid-range thing it could aim for? Um, I mean, that's the thing, though, is I don't think... Oh, I, I, Vandervalk? Do you think it could grow into Vandervalk? I don't know. I'm mad at Vandervalk because I think they got rid of my favorite character. I'm not sure yet because I haven't seen the new season. Oh, they... They did get rid of they did get rid of your favorite character, but they added a new woman and they've added more people of color. So actually, I'm not I'm not mad. I'm just a little disappointed that Clovers is gone. But he is. Yes. Er, uh, Elliot. Uh, Elliot Wall. I forget his last name. Um, It's it's something hyphenated. Anyway, he's he's not on the show. He and 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 the hot and the hot dumb guy, uh, Luke, whatever his name is, uh, Alan something or other. Uh, the, the, the pair of them are gone and there's now a new- I am being targeted. <laughs> so you can't, there's not even a hot guy for you to watch now. Be bumbling and dumb. Um, well, we'll, we'll get to Vanderbilt okay, when okay. it comes so back say, in its usual slot. You, you say there is room for improvement I and I guess on paper, I can agree with that. I won't know cause I won't watch it, but if you were, let us end on a slightly like looking forward note, as opposed to, to dumping on it which is what i do throughout every one of these episodes but in the room for improvement lane what is the most important thing for everyone on our on our on our esteemed panel currently to do to be better emma i would say more from carol if this show was called carol and not ridley it would be more interesting and i would like them to do more with her and they're definitely going to with all that We've talked about with them introducing her family, but whether it'll actually be interesting or not is yet to be seen. What if her son commits a crime? That's where I'm I at. could see um, that happening. 
I could totally see that happening or him getting caught up in something like that. Yeah, I can totally see that. I really do feel I'm like my own fun. Over here. I really do feel like he's Chekhov's son that he has been that he has been introduced in, in act one so that he can be fired in act five. Um, I, I, I really do feel that. And honestly, like I, if if all of these episodes are as formulaic as this and I guess the twist in the five minute line, that is the thing that I'm going to want them to fix more than anything else don't make it so i guess it within five minutes guys come on come on um i agree with emma that the show should be carol that would be a better show <laughs> but if the show is going to remain ridley i need ridley to like get a personality <laughs> other than like grizzled sadness <laughs> because like that's just really like that's all i know about him and that is not enough to make me care about him. Because guess what? I didn't know his wife and kid. So I'm sure it's very sad that they're dead. But like that loss doesn't mean anything to me as a viewer. Um, I uh, I also am a little interested to see. I assume he hooks up with the Annie lady who owns the jazz bar. Oh, right. I think she was his wife's bestie. Yeah, she that? was or, his wife's I couldn't bestie. figure out if she was the sister or the bestie or maybe both. She's the bestie. And I'm pretty sure that he and she are going to hook up. Like, that yep. is, to me, the most... That, if there's anything else that is super obvious... Oh, gosh. And then the whole thing will be, like, he feels so guilty about moving on after his wife has gone and moving on with her best friend. And here's more man pain for the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just need him to get a personality that isn't this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you because I do think that that is part of baked into the show that I don't think that's a thing that, that, that can be fixed. Well, I mean, he can keep the sadness, but like, could he have some other something outside of the sadness? I mean, one would hope after season one that like, I don't know, maybe he goes to therapy. I'd like therapy. Therapy. You therapy. You, I, seriously, the things men will do rather than go to therapy. Half of these shows are basically that meme about everything that men will do besides going to therapy. Right? In this case, it's he went back to work. Possibly for free. I don't know. <laughs> right? If this show is supposed to be about like pensioners returning to the workforce, shouldn't we be a little more clear that he's actually like in need of like getting paid? Exactly. Like, I can't even tell you if he's getting paid for this. His house is really nice. Right? When they show his house and he's got a, a view of the water and it's that nice stone and inside it's nice. I thought that. I wondered what is his situation financially because he's got a nice house. Right. And didn't his other house burn down? Isn't this like his second house? Yeah, I assume <laughs> I, I assume that it, that that I assume that the wife and child burned down in a place that was not the house. Um, but then I'm not. How did he get this nice house? I don't know. <laughs> These are questions that we do not know the answers to. Other than it was just real estate porn. I mean, I'm not. I'm not I blame HGTV. I mean, do do detectives in the United Kingdom get paid at this level? No. I mean, that's the whole point of Happy Valley. Is that no? They live these terror. Is that they live in? They live on the poverty line. That's the whole that's part of the whole like Happy Valley like revolution in storytelling about cops is being honest about how crappy police work is, how violent it is, and how little they get paid. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the I guess that to me is actually the problem with Ridley. It's a pre-Happy Valley show. And we've moved on from that. 
Which is hilarious, considering that it's been six years since Happy Valley's been on. Well, no, Happy Valley's on again, but I mean... No, I mean, it's on right now, but it hasn't been on for six years. No, it hasn't. And there's a level where, like, it really did change the game. We got these sort of Mayor of Easttown kind of shows in its wake. We got, like, um, True Detective, and which then, you know... But, uh, I don't know, I'm excited about the new season of True Detective. I'm not going to front. Jodie Foster, I will watch do anything. Yeah, it's true. Also, apparently it's set in, like, Alaska where it's dark for, like, 22 hours a day. <laughs> I don't know. Um, You know, True Detective then, like, you know, begat Bloodlands um, with, uh, with James Nesbitt, which we discussed a couple of seasons ago. Like, I did... You know, like these, we we have moved on. We have we we have we have made a different kind of series, and maybe perhaps like there is room for more Veras and more Father Browns, but it, this definitely does feel like a throwback. I think that's what our problem is with this: is that it's a throwback to an earlier time, and we want something more modern. Uh, I don't think that's it for me at all. I don't. I just don't feel like the show has anything to say. No, but that's just it. Because it's trying to be something from the past, it has nothing to say about the future because it's a throwback. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, that's my... It's also boring. <laughs> that I can't help you with. Yeah, so... I don't know, Emma, final thoughts? I think I've settled my thoughts. Like I said, I don't have a lot of words for this show other than formulaic <laughs> and predictable. Oh, well, bum, we were, bum, we are bringing bum. on Janet to talk about to be our third for uh, endeavor. So hopefully, we are, we are trying to find people to round out our conversations about these mysteries to spare you all forty five minutes of me just yelling. I, I I I I we'll see we'll see if Janet sides with me or if, if Lacey just keeps winning all these arguments. Because <laughs> uh, this is definitely um, a Lacey one, Annie zero kind of episode. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't rejoice in being right, but I am, I am <laughs> very right. Um, that is our show. A reminder: if you are one of the people who are not us who love Ridley, you can just go watch all of it right now on PBS Passport, and you don't have to deal with the weird split episode format that I don't think does the show any favors. Um, Emma. I wish that we had had a better topic for you to come be a guest on, but thank you for being here and we will have you on later for a better show. We'll get them next time. <laughs> Tell the people where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Emma O-N-D-I and that's that. And on televisions, writing occasionally. Sorry, there was a gap there because I was trying to blow my nose not into my microphone. We're doing it live, guys, and I'm not well, so it's fine. Annie, you're up. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle basically on every single social media platform that exists other than Facebook where I miss Annie Bundle. You can also find pictures of my very fuzzy cats being very fuzzy and probably sitting outside my door looking very sad right now um, at Annie Bundle at Instagram. I am the associate editor here at Televisions and I also freelance around the web. Um, I'm going to be talking about Secret Invasion in a couple different places uh, next week. So, you know, keep an eye out for my stuff and my bylines and check my social media media for the links thanks i am lacy mb on twitter that is l-a-c-y-m-b and that is also my handle on virtually every other social media site even the ones that no one uses because i squat there just in case people start using it uh if you just want the site and the pod we are on social media at telly underscore visions on twitter and televisions blog all one word on facebook 
If you like what we do, you can visit us at televisions.org to check out our recaps, reviews, listicles, news updates, and more fun stuff. And if you really like us, you can click on that donate button up top to help us keep making all this great content for your eyes and ears. And doing so, you can get access to the aforementioned PBS Passport, which will have Ridley and Endeavor and I, a lot of things. All sorts of things. Things that I, I stop reading the emails about all the things. But uh, that's our show. Thank you for putting up with my whatever I have currently. Sorry if my voice was terrible. But uh, let me use this as a reminder to uh, get some allergy meds if you are in the same boat as me. Get a COVID booster if you are eligible. And uh, take care of yourselves and each other. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.